You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I have a prayer to begin, and this is um, the the general thanksgiving which we pray um, at our morning uh, prayer and evening prayer services if you come to them uh, at the end. And again, not everything about it, but some of the some of the language here speaks to what I want to say today. Let's pray. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful and that we may show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Well, we've uh, had a a tour through beginning to talk to you about um, Scripture as the foundation of all that we would talk about. And and as we say in our Anglican confessions, that is sufficient. Um, um, All things necessary for understanding salvation are there in Scripture. If you were stranded on a desert island and all you had was this, you would um, know know enough about God and Jesus Christ and his work uh, in the world, um, and and then um, we looked at who God is as not sort of a distant deity off in um, kind of nowhere land, and just sort of once in a while uh, popping in when we call upon Him like a sort of ATM, um, or as uh, one um, sociologist said, a divine butler. That actually He is uh, providentially and sovereignly involved in, in our daily lives, um, and that's that's good news actually. Uh, but it's also frightful, it's because of who we are by nature. As um, as Tim Keller, the pastor in New York City, said, "You are um, you are a bigger sinner than you can ima- ever imagine, but we have a far greater Savior than we uh, ever imagined." So the the depths of uh, um, our um, unrighteousness is often um, much uh, deeper and profound than we usually talk about, um, but we're not left there. That was only really like lesson three, uh, and we've heard the gospel from Stephen in particular about uh, God's saving work through Jesus Christ for for those sinners, that although we were ungodly, Christ died for for, for his enemies. Um, and um, and then everything we've talked about since then has been sort of a response, and the Christian life is really a response. I hope that when you hear that, that if, it, if it really is striking you for the first time or you've heard that for so many years, you just realize how profound a message that is and that it's life-changing, and we can't help but to live our lives uh, in response um, to that excellent, most excellent news of the gospel. Um, and worship, and worship is not just our Sunday gatherings, although it is that, as Zach said, a sort of recalibration when we come together 
on Sunday, but all of life is worship. And you might think of just uh, for me, you know, where it's hardest is like uh, um, being in a relationship with my children is 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 worship. It's worship of something, you know. Uh, it's a usually idolatrous worship of my time and ego and um, and selfish desires. But to love God is also uh, shown in, in love of neighbor and and. And I think, as I said, uh, the, I don't know if it was here or elsewhere, that the, the peace, you know, you really have to travel around uh, the sanctuary to say, to be reconciled to, to, to someone. Usually the person you're sitting right next to is the best person to pass the peace with, you know, because it's the person that you've been, if, if you're married or have uh, children or they're with a, a friend or, or uh, some other family member, it's somebody who you're actually sharing life with on a regular basis. Um, and uh, and that's worship as well. And uh, Bethany talked to us about um, about uh, uh, sort of theology behind why we might be interested in things like outreach or international missions. Um, and uh, and it's usually simpler than we think. You know, the opportunities are right on our doorstep. And yet, um, Christ said, you know, go into all the world. And so we support. Uh, People are trying to spread this message uh, internationally in places uh, where really the message of Christ has not yet been heard. That was funny what Bethany said, the, the missionary is bringing Jesus to Haiti, right? Um, he's already there, newsflash. Well, he's, the message hasn't been proclaimed in some other places where it's, it's really difficult, you know, uh, sort of dusty corners of North Korea or the Middle East or places in Africa where it's largely Muslim and yet, there are places, there are apartment flats in London where people haven't heard the gospel, and here in Birmingham as well. Um, so uh, that's kind of where we've been, and I want to reemphasize, as I said in the beginning when talking about scripture, that it's so difficult to sort of shelve our 21st century selves, that we're so inundated with postmodern ideas or modernist ideas, if you know what that means. But really, what I'm trying to say is. Usually the way that we think and act is guided by sort of bumper sticker philosophy or it could be boiled down to kind of an internet meme on Twitter, you know, like God, you know, God loves those who helps those who help themselves, that sort of kind of trite things or whatever, you know, so many things that I watch, I've turned things off that my children were watching that said, look inside of yourself for the answers. And I said to my daughters, that is dangerous don't listen to that and turn it off. They think, you know, they think daddy's crazy. Um, uh, but, uh, but, it, but it's true. You know, most things I was watching, uh, we left Lion King on, but Lion King basically the other night we were watching that kind of said that, you know, Simba, look inside of yourself. Mufasa is there. You know, you, uh, you, you, you have the answer. You can be the king. You can drum it up inside of yourself. There are some the- themes in the Lion King that are good, but, but you see, and, it's just in our everyday rhetoric that often we're hearing messages that are either in complete contradiction to the gospel or some even um, even more dangerous. It's not in complete contradiction. It's some shade of gray off. Um, God God does help, <laughs> but God helps the helpless. You know, you see what I'm saying? That's not in complete contradiction as much as it's sort of insidiously 90 degrees off or something. 
Um, uh, and so it's so difficult to, to, to be a Christian uh, in, this, in this world. And I, I want to keep all that in mind for what I have to say today in terms of membership um, and two kind of sub-themes related to that are discipleship and partnership. There are other ships we could talk about. We've already <laughs> talked about worship, but the three ships we're going to kind of look at today are membership and, and related to that, uh, being a disciple and a, 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 a Jesus and a partner in ministry with with others, um, and and keep all 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 that I'm saying, you know, because the the danger here when I talk this way is of is of um, is really is of religion. Religion can be a bad thing. Uh, the danger here is of legalism. Um, the danger here is of uh, Pharisaism. Keep in mind all that I'm saying uh, today uh, with uh, the gospel in mind, um, that uh, this is all a response of the most excellent news that we have. I was so struck a couple weeks ago when we were going through uh, Titus. Do you remember we, were, um, we had a preaching series for four weeks with Titus at the very end, kind of reading again for the first time when I think it was Andrew was ending uh, in Titus 3, this line at the end of Titus, which really greatly sums up the gospel. Uh, Paul says to Titus, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You could um, put that on your refrigerator and come back to it every day. You know, it has, it's pregnant with so much meaning. There's more you can say about the gospel, but but so much is captured there that um, it's a message of um, uh, hope for the hopeless, salvation, but also a, a message of eternal life, of giving of the Spirit. There's even um, um, a nod to the idea of baptism in there. Etc. So that's all in the background of, of what I'm trying to say here. Basically, what I want to say is if, you, if you're not struck by that, you can kind of ignore everything that I'm saying today. If you're not struck by this, I want you to go back, you know, you just sort of tune everything out and just sort of go read Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7 over and over again until you're ready to hear what I have to say because uh, really it has to, has to sort of um, flow... All, all that I'm about to say has to flow out of that message. So here I put um, on the handout, if you're looking at it, um, membership. Of course, we want you to, you know, the phrases, we really do want you to join the church. Um, but uh, but usually when you hear that, you're thinking in terms of other institutions that you might join, um, like a club of some sort, uh, that membership is a, a dues-paying um, opportunity to have right to facility and these friendships. You know, as we used to say when I was in college, if you're in a fraternity, you pay for your friends. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Although it's we ha- the closest word we can use is, is similar, <laughs> um, you know, to join the church and become a member. But there's some good scripture that is helpful for thinking in new and more profound ways about what exactly we're talking about here. And the greatest place to think about it, first of all, is where Paul talks about the body of Christ. If you think of the church, not just the parish church of the Advent, but the church at large as the body of Christ, that membership means being a member, almost as if an appendage of that um, body of Christ. And this is what Paul says here on the top of that handout about membership. 
For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would, be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And then skipping ahead, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so I think it's helpful to think about membership in the church, especially whatever your local congregation is like that, you know, that you're, you're a part of a greater whole here and um, um, incomplete without the others. And the others are incomplete without you. Um, and we each kind of bring different personalities and gifts that are needed and maybe even coming from different backgrounds. Um, and so uh, what then does it mean to, with this in mind, be a disciple? Um, if, if that's what membership is about, really, you've maybe heard the word discipleship before. Uh, and I don't know about you, but at least uh, for a time, uh, I used to think kind of negatively about that word because of the way that people use it typically. But then I did some more study in the New Testament and realized that it is a biblical word, disciple. Discipleship isn't. That's a sort of anglicized uh, term that we've, we've invented to mean something. But d- the word disciples throughout the New Testament, you know that. And so what... What does that mean exactly? Well, the New Testament actually uses that word more often than Christian. Actually, Christian is only used once in in Acts, um, where they were first called Christians in Antioch. Uh, But uh, disciple is used throughout to basically mean what uh, we call a Christian uh, in the New Testament. Um, and so being a disciple is, here's the sort of, I put the Greek word there that's used is methetes. It means a learner, or a pupil, apprentice, or follower. And it's not merely an intellectual endeavor. The, the way that it's used is, is a sort of a, a full person kind of thing. You know, somebody who actually might take three years to drop everything like your fishing nets and to follow someone around day and night for three years. Uh, it's that kind of thing with, with one's whole life uh, of a learning uh, in a, almost more like an apprentice kind of way um, of, of following um, so that you would learn everything as much as possible uh, from, from your master, as it were, and, and actually kind of become more like him. Uh, and this word is used in other places, too, uh, with uh, the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees, even. Remember the f- disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians come and challenge Jesus? So the, 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 this was a common uh, term used for people who, for example, followed John the Baptist that way or followed the Pharisees. Maybe they were kind of upcoming Pharisees or something, you know. Um, and so that's really what discipleship means is... Um, 
a totality, 24-7, seven days a week. It's not just a sort of Sunday morning endeavor. It's a Monday through Sunday, uh, all the time kind of thing. Well, what does Jesus say about this? Um, how does he describe uh, what, what this looks like? And actually, the, 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 the picture is kind of grim. <laughs> the picture is kind of bleak. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's kind of frightful. Would somebody be willing to read this passage so that my, you're not just hearing my voice uh, from Matthew chapter 10, where it says, the cost of discipleship? I'll read it. Thanks, Britt. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep and the <coughs> wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house, Beelzebub, sorry. Good, yeah. Great. yeah. How, much, <laughs> how much more will they malign those of his household? Um, so this is Jesus' description of uh, what you know the headings often call the cost of discipleship, and that's a Bonhoeffer book. Really what he's talking about here is martyrdom. Uh, and that's that word to bear witness that I italicize. The root word there is the same as for martyr, which means to bear witness. It just happened that so many of the early church uh, witnesses for Jesus ended up being martyred as we understand it now. But that's what it means is to, to at, at, at pain of death even, or at pain of all this other um, potential problem and heartache, um, to stand up for, for Jesus and to, to identify... Uh, with him, um, and, uh, and 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 notice also too there that inherently in this is speaking, uh, and you might say you know well we've all got our gifts and you know people like Matt or you know the other pastors around here they've got the gift of being able to to preach or speak, but the way that Jesus talks about it is sure that's that might be true that some of us are kind of charged with a sort of formal speaking role, but the identity of being a disciple of Jesus Christ and is inevitably one of speaking. No matter what your gifts are, that uh, you, you, you might be charged to give an account for the hope that's within you, as Peter talks about, um, and 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 to not worry. Actually, we're given reassurance in both instances that the words will be given uh, to us. And so, uh, um, membership, hopefully, helping you understand that in terms of the way that Paul talks about it in First Corinthians. And discipleship is not, as we sort of tritely reduce it to things like accountability partners or, you know, merely one-to-one Bible studies or whatever. That might incorporate that. That might be a part of being a disciple. But but it's so much bigger and more powerful than that. Um, and what about partnership? That was the final um, word that I brought in. That I want you to think about being a disciple of Jesus Christ 
about being a member of the church as being a partner in gospel ministry. That may be a better word to use for membership. Uh, if you're not a member yet, it's for me to say, I invite you to commit to partnership in ministry. Maybe you've never thought of yourself as a minister before, but all, the, all Christians are ministers. Um, all Christians, all disciples, uh, you know, look at Jesus' description from Matthew that we just read, are ministers of the gospel. It's just a part of the package. Um, and Paul uh, talks about this um, pretty uh, clearly in his letter to the Philippians. You might remember the common word attached with Philippians as what? What's the word that people usually think of with Philippians? That's not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, sure, but there's one word that people... It's on the tip of Judy's tongue, isn't it? No? Okay. People usually think of rejoice. Usually when I ask people about Philippians, that that's the word, rejoice, and that's true. Or brotherly love, sure. But one theme that comes out even at the beginning and throughout is Paul talks about... He, he, he loves the Philippians, Unlike the Galatians and the Corinthians that he, I mean, he loves them, but he's upset with them. With the Philippians, he's just like, you guys are doing just great and firing on all cylinders. And, uh, he, and he, and he goes out of the gates in chapter one. He says here in verses three through five, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He views them, not not the pastor of the community simply, but the whole entire community of Christian believers in Philippi as partners in gospel ministry. Every single one of them. He, t- he calls them his partners in ministry. And here again in Philippians uh, 1, toward the end, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. And then at the very end, he says, I can do all things. And you remember this first, but hear what he says after it. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. And so being a member of the church, being a disciple of Jesus Christ, i.e. being a Christian, it also means being uh, partners with your pastors, but partners with each other for the sake of the gospel ministry. Um, that we're not just sort of joining a club to reap the benefits of, but we're joining the body of Christ for the witness and salvation of the world. Uh, 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 for reminding ourselves, sure, but also for reminding each other and sharing that with people who haven't heard it. And so you might, you know, think of, for example, uh, here's this thing about the um, co-laborers and the harvest. Usually, and I, I equate this with formal paid ministers, but you might think about this verse that you might also, uh, these verses that you might be familiar with, talking about you, mm-hmm. Talking about other people who, who the, you know, the 1,100 or so people who come darken these doors on Sunday. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, you know, the, 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 if it comes down to the paid pastors alone, not much is going to happen, actually. The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few if it's just those of us who kind of are called the reverend. Um, we need all hands on deck. Now, where you think about this passage from Romans where Paul's talking about those who haven't heard the message yet. And he's talking about the Jews actually here. Uh, he says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so another way to think about this is that preaching isn't just from the pulpit. But, you know, I can just, you know, Ellis and I can sit down and I can, he can preach the gospel to me, as a matter of fact, you know, and I can preach the gospel back to him. Um, and sometimes that's even, I don't know about you, but I found that that to be sometimes more powerful than the pulpit uh, preaching. Um, and you have it within you. Uh, we have it within all of us. And here in Hebrews, uh, one of the very few places uh, in chapter 10 where the author of the Hebrews actually kind of talks about kind of like going to church. I mean, they didn't have church like we do now. It was different. Um, there weren't sort of these big monumental buildings. It was gathering, underground gatherings. But that's what he's talking about here. He says, um, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, the day of the Lord is what he's referencing there. But, but to, to, to continue to the, the importance, the, the real importance of why we're uh, coming together is, sure, you're going to be encouraged and stirred up uh, through the, the pulpit preaching and the prayers and the songs, but you have the ability also to, to do that for each other on Sunday. And then finally, here's the last kind of quote that I'll uh, share with you. This is one of my favorites from um, Dietrich, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says about all this in his book called Life Together, uh, which is another way to think about this, is that we're sharing life together. God has put his this word into the mouth of men, um, and you might this is written in the 40s, right? Men and women. Into the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men. When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother in the mouth of man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian to speak God's word to him. And he needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ within his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Um, and golly, do I ever need that. In order to kind of you know, continue to come and do what I do, I need to hear from, from you, actually, uh, this message. You could kind of think of it as a cyclical in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, I hope you're seeing that um, um, that uh, that first of all, discipleship inevitably entails proclamation. Um, it sort of evenly distributes the the ministry, um, and uh, there's actually more power in that. That it's about a movement, a movement called the body of Christ. 
Uh, and the invitation is, is to sort of join the movement. There's no better place to be. And it's not going to be easy. It actually might make life more difficult. <laughs> but it's the thing to, to do with all integrity if, uh, if you have been struck by the, that gospel message. It's the natural response. And so what might this look like? The final page there, I've given some practical guidance. And this is where, you know, I, I want to be careful because this is what I was saying. This is where it could turn into sort of Pharisaism. But I mean everything that I'm saying here. I do hope you will do this. And the reason is because of the gospel as a response to it. Not to earn God's love, not to prove yourself as a Christian, but because you've been um, touched by this most excellent news and want to live life in light of it. What are some things that we kind of hope for all of our, our members around here? These are some things that, you know, when um, some of us in leadership talk through things, this is sort of my boiled down on one page, but I kind of hope for everybody. And, it, and it's, uh, it's not a ton, but it is um, at the same time. First of all, I can encourage you just personally to read the Bible. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm just sort of gleaning here. I won't read it word for word because I've been doing that a lot with the scripture passages. But I do hope that um, you will read the word of God with regularity and pray. And it does not need to be complicated. You don't even need to call it quiet time. It can be that. But just read God's word uh, and pray. And that's the, 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 the easiest way to continue to be in relationship with him. Whatever course that you need to follow to do that um, day by day, and it can be simple. And in my word to you would be like devotionals are great, but only use them if you're first of all reading God's word, um, uh, that they're a good supplement. Um, but but to start there, and I've seen the fruit. The all, the all that I want to say to follow needs to be undergirded with people um, inwardly digesting God's word. And backed uh, by 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 prayer, simple prayer, humble prayer, uh, and, and that's 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 really the most powerful and important thing you can do for your community and 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 frankly for yourself in terms of a a life of devotion. But also, want you to consider loving uh, your church and your community. That you know, one of the things about being a 21st century American is we view all of most of life as consumerists, whether we realize that or not. We're constantly consuming just about everything in the, the most perverse way, other people. And we can consume church so much so that we use phrases like church shopping or um, I just came to get um, fed. <laughs> um, I, I kind of want you to stop talking that way, but instead to think about that you're showing up to your community and you're participating, and you will be fed more deeply that way than in any sort of spiritual way, coming simply hoping for the vertical communion with God. And that is an important part of it, but a a really important part too is that we're gathered together. Because all the things that we do on Sunday now with the internet, you can do all that from the comfort of your own home. You can even get dressed up if you want. <laughs> you can you can you put on your your nice suit and tie, and you can tune in on the internet or the radio, and uh, you can fully participate. You can even go get some bread and wine and and eat that. The thing that will be missing is other people. And uh, and you, and I th- I hope that you would notice the difference. That it's just not the same. And they're, they're going to hopefully be an encouragement to you and hopefully you'll be an encouragement to them. And so I hope you'll pray for 
church. You'll pray about the preachers and those leading. Um, I gave a book out, How to Walk in the Church. I'm glad you all have copies. There's, take it. Uh, there's extras there. That's for the Christian, that book. That's not for the newcomer. And it's saying basically all that I'm saying here. And one of the great lines in that book towards the beginning is, How to Walk in a Church, pray about it. Pray about who you will sit next to in the pews. And, and uh, hope that uh, God will be at work in that. So be open to the possibilities of the person you're <coughs> sitting next to even. Um, and uh, I hope that you will uh, commit to formal membership, not in a club way, but this is the way that we do it around here is um, we, we sort of we keep records of people and that, that's helpful. Um, and, uh, and so I hope you'll um, join us in, in, in that effort and, and to make a, a pledge, an annual contribution of um, whatever that needs to be for you and to pray about it. I think I said last time that a tithe has been constantly the standard um, though the New Testament, um, Christ, as you see in what we read from Matthew, <coughs> demands our whole life. <laughs> and the good thing about making a pledge is not paying your dues is really what it's doing, especially if it kind of hurts a little bit, uh, is it helps you see that actually your wealth isn't your your own anyway. It be, you begin to, to, to view wealth and money differently and it's a it's a big problem. Money is a big problem. Jesus talks about that uh, a lot. <laughs> the Bible talks about that more than some other things that we commonly talk about. Um, and uh, I hope that you'll consider taking part in some sort of midweek opportunity to 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 share community beyond just Sunday. And that could be as formal as a church small group, but you could just start in your own home if you live with other people. Begin right there. It doesn't need to be church sponsored. That you can, if you're not doing it already, if you are, know that that's wonderful. Um, uh, but to, to to read God's word with other people and, and to pray together uh, during the week as well. And here are some tips about different categories of people. If you're a parent, I hope you will share this faith with your children. And here's the phrase that we use in our home that more's caught than taught. We can talk to our kids about Jesus all we want. Or other things, for that matter. But they um, <clears throat> they they learn more through um, what we're kind of demonstrating to them. If we demonstrate our love of Jesus to them, uh, they'll, they'll they'll catch it. They they, they, they will. Um, and actually, it might go better than the sort of um, dogmatic, domineering kind of approach, which usually leads to rebellion, <laughs> right? Um, but if you just sort of invitationally invite them in, they'll, 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 they'll catch that. And if you're married, proclaim the gospel to each other um, right there uh, in your house. And uh, you, you, you might go beyond that. And, and if you're not already uh, praying together and reading the Bible, again, not just alone, but with each other. Um, if you're single, divorced, or widowed, find other people in your life. And maybe it's a housemate. Um, maybe it's someone in the church who uh, can you can do this with or and surround yourself uh, with with people like this. And I would even say that if you if you're reassured of all that we've said about the gospel of Jesus Christ and you feel like you can at least adequately enough handle scripture, even the, one of the best tests of that is to say, you know, what, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer, but I can I can help you find it. Usually that's the person who can handle scripture well, uh, who feels confident enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to pretend to know the answer, but um, I, can, I can try to help, help, help figure it out alongside of you. I, I invite you to 
to share life with some other individuals in that way too. We so desperately need that. We need each other, as as Bonhoeffer said in Life Together. Oh, I ran out of time. Do you have a couple questions about anything? I think the body thing is pretty interesting because um, I don't remember who Debbie and I were reading the other day, but it's about individuality versus individualism or something. And the, the point about it was, like, I'm not a body to myself. Like, I don't have everything. You're talking about different personalities. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm a hand or whatever, and Debbie's the heart or something. And, and we come together, and it's, and how is a body together? It's, you know, it's flesh and, and blood, like yeah. the communion. Yeah. And so, but God still wants us to be individuals. He doesn't want us to, for me to try to be who Debbie is or whatever. He wants right. each of us to be who He made us to be and to yeah. proclaim His glory through that. So, and more, and more uh, powerful together. Well, please be in touch with Fontaine Pope if you're interested in any of the things that are upcoming, the confirmation service that we've talked about, the new members service, small groups, she's your go-to person uh, to talk to about that. Basically, she can, at this point, answer any sort of formal paperworky kind of questions that you might have about anything. and uh, again, I've really en- enjoyed our time together. Hopefully, all that I've said has excited you more than it's um, made you run for the hills. Um, yeah, yeah, Steve. Good, good Friday is, a, is, a, is an incredible service. Yeah. Um, and if, if nobody's been or if you, if you, if you can come, um, and it's at noon. Uh, we, I mean, the, the preachers this week are great too all week, but um, but but the Good Friday service is is, is, is really um, it's my favorite service here. So. Yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. I would um I would recommend taking advantage of all the contours of Holy Week. We kind of do a little sort of Holy Week light on Palm Sunday. You get kind of a little bit of uh, Good Friday, but um, you'll feel the depths of the cross much more powerfully at that service. And Easter will be much more glorious and magnificent with that in the background. Uh, if we just sort of pull vault over all that's happened with Christ's passion to Easter, then, um, you know, what's the point? Uh, It really just doesn't make any sense. Well, let's pray real quick before we leave. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person who's been a part of this class, whether they're here today or elsewhere. Lord, um, give them uh, your blessing and encouragement and and hope. Send send them uh, ministers of uh, your um, gospel message day by day so that they might... uh, pour out that hope on other people as well, Lord. Um, For anybody uh, discerning callings in life or um, whether or not to commit to our church community, Lord, make that abundantly clear. Uh, You know uh, what we need better than we do. Answer those prayers as you see fit through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.